ever imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. Total protonic reversal. Protonic reversal. Protonic reversal with Conan Neutron and Josh Davis. Broadcasting from a secret underground lair in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Gigantic middle finger to everything that is rock about music, rock and roll, and corporate power. The thing is, though, if you don't laugh, you're going to go on a killing spree with shot nails. Confidence of a hero or a fool, I wasn't exactly certain which. Could not be more professional. That's like a science thing, right? Indeed, indeed. It's a science thing. It's a science place. <laughs> we are we are very prepared today, and it's it's, it's a lovely place to be. Uh, you've you've come to the right show because you're listening to the one, the only Protonic Reversal, and we thank you for it. Hello, Josh. Oh, hello. We were able to look up a. Uh, Success sort of. Tom Waits' Esoteria. We were having uh, a discussion as to what song, what album, particular song was on, and uh, have yet failed to uh, figure that out. So, Chatbox, chime in. Yeah, exactly. Tell us what. Tell us what Tom Waits' song we're thinking of. Uh, we won't tell you. You tell us. Yeah, we're not going to tell you anything about it, but you you can you can guess. Chime on in. And uh, I don't know. I guess this will be a fun, fun thing for everybody. I don't know. It's is, sure. Is that fun? Sure. Pe- people seem to like be asked their opinion, so that's. <laughs> this that, is true. That, that that's a thing. Uh, yeah, anyway, yeah, hello, everybody. Uh, we have a great guest today. We got uh, Mike, Mike Greenless and uh, Jay Moore from uh, Tar. 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 They have an excellent band, Tar. Wonderful band. Uh, looking forward to talking to those fellas. It's going to be a good time. They've been relatively... Oh, didn't see this one. Um, they've been relatively busy for a, a band that has been gone for years. Is this true? <laughs> Make of that what you will. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So it's been been a busy few days. I don't think. I don't think I've had an evening home since our last guest, Man. Uh, John Yingling. I was yes. I was thinking about that. It's been it's been kind of a whirlwind uh, personally for, you've for been, me. You've been been busy getting around. Been been doing stuff, going places. Been to a lot of different cities, seen a lot of rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Um, not playing any of it. No, just taking it <laughs> just, in. Just take, taking it all in. Doing some cool stuff, though. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I got to see Martha's Vineyard Fairies uh, featuring uh, Chris Brokaw and mm-hmm. uh, Bob Weston. Mm-hmm. And Elisha uh, uh, Wiener. Elisha Wiener from um, Cahoots. Yes. I saw them play at the Hideout with uh, Nanagon and Out. That was a fantastic show. That was the day after they opened for uh, My Bloody Valentine. Yeah. Which, yes, uh, yes, it was. I think it's so rather good be at that Sunday show. But that's that might be just me, Th- and that's what I said. And like, what, what, what? I'm, I'm like, I just don't. I'm not into big shows. <laughs> and, yeah. and and I would, I would totally go see my bloody Valentine for free. But I'm like, I'm sure it was like, I, I, I know that that's gonna be like a thirty dollar ticket or something. Easy. And I don't know. I, for whatever reason, I was like, meh, meh. I don't know. Eh, whatever. Although you know, sometimes it is fun to see your friends play on a big stage. Oh, for sure. There is that. There is that element of it. But that show, I mean, that show was fantastic. They were really good. Uh, brought in a few. Uh, went, went with went with our our guest last week, John Engling, and um, brought some brought some people in that didn't know from it. So that was always cool. Ah, good. Um, yeah, that show was awesome. There was the the high dive 
three year slash River West twenty four. Ah, uh, yes. Which was nuts and cool. There's a whole bunch of stories that I could tell just from that. And then uh, two, I did uh, two days with the Melvins, um, High Noon at Madison and at Chicago Park West with John Spencer's new band opening. Yes, I'm excited about that from what you were yeah. telling me the lineup. So the, line, lineup. the lineup there is uh, Sam Coombs from Quasi on uh, kind of synth bass, kind of yeah. lo- low-end bass. Uh, this fellow M. Sword, who's a, a Kalamazoo dude, I guess, is a drummer. And uh, Bob Burt, also of uh, Pussy Galore, Sonic Youth, et cetera, et cetera, on junk percussion. So there's a couple Pussy Galore songs. There's some Blues Explosion songs. There's a bunch of new ones. He has one called Do the Trash Can, which is the most John Spencer song title ever. It's perfect. <laughs> I loved it. It was super good. I, I awesome. super enjoyed it. Um, Melvins are great. It was the two bass lineup. What's uh, that? W- which was wow. <laughs> really ostentatious and ridiculous. Uh, Pinkus kind of had the the fuzzy and low end uh, piece of it. And then when Steve McDonald was playing, he was doing more high register kind of stuff. Uh, but it's good. It was, it was really good. They picked a really great set to sort of set that off. Nice. Um, you know what they need in and now, of course. Let's get Trevor Dunn in an upright. Yeah, <laughs> three bases. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they've done two. So they did a tour with. with uh, they did that one tour with two guitars with uh, Dave. Uh, was it Dave Scott Stone or? Um, y- yeah, I think so. Wasn't it? Was it Dave or? Uh, well, they did one with um, Adam Jones too, but they didn't really. Oh no. Nah, was, whatever. Don't matter. Yeah. But they they haven't done that nearly so much. And then, but then of course, Cody uh, plays second drums in the live band. Uh, quite a bit. Yeah, so well. I just so, loved but, it. But like, they had never done two bass players, so I thought that was like super cool. That they, that's really that they cool, it. but it's also like it, it points out to me that the Melvins have done so many, so many weird things with the lineup that any surprise is really mild at this point. It's yeah, like, like oh, oh, they haven't done that? No, oh, shocking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Cool. <laughs> uh, re- re- really great set selection. Like I thought the the, um, the tour they did last year when I saw them at Turner Hall and here in Milwaukee was amazing, but I actually think they, I think this one was better. Like I, it, well, definitely. Let's put it this way: it definitely suited the, the material that they picked. Right, right. So, which is good. That's what you want to do. That's what oh, you yeah. want to do. Uh, anyway, so I haven't really been home that much. Uh, very much looking forward to a Friday night of not doing a damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what have you been up to, Josh? Um, let's see. What was I up to? Uh, I don't know. That's why I asked. Something. Oh no! All, all the activities starting now. I'm going down to Chicago tomorrow to DJ, and then. Uh, Heading yeah. up to Kenosha on Saturday to see uh, Champagne Jerry. Uh, yeah, Champagne Jerry. Yes. Champagne Jerry in Kenosha uh, for free Saturday. If anybody's listening live, wants to head up from uh, from uh, Chicago, Chicago or down from Milwaukee or from anywhere. Uh, oh, um, uh, Blood Money on the uh, chat box there. Oh, we didn't actually say what it was. So we that's didn't. That's a that's, wild guess. It might be Blood Money. It might be. Not sure. Might be. <laughs> we'll look into that. We'll find out later. Uh yeah, so that's my I'm I'm in the middle of the busy stuff. Uh, so while that was going on, I was just uh, living my own life, trying to uh, get some sleep, mostly Fair failing. Fair enough. That's kind of how I do it. That's how you do. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna we're gonna play a few tunes. We're gonna play some tar music, and then we'll uh, we'll be on air with uh, Mike from Tar, and then uh, later uh, John Moore from Tar. And I'm looking forward to uh, talking to both of those excellent gentlemen. And uh, yeah, again, you're listening to Radio Note, Protonic Reversal. This is Tar. Very well.
Mike. Hello, Mike. How are you? Uh, welcome, welcome to the show. Uh, it's good, good to have you. Thanks for calling in. Good, good to be here. Thank you for inviting me. So, uh, I was, I was just running the numbers. I, I think it's been 25 years since my last one of these. <laughs> I was going to say pretty, pretty. Sh- yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I'm pretty sure it was just like 1992, 93, maybe was like the last time we were talking to somebody on the radio. So I was going to say, is Thanks. it is it just as thrilling as it used to be? Because uh, that that's what really the, what the well, there, I don't. Audience wants to know. There was hardly an internet then, so I, this is the first time on an internet station, and it no, it wasn't very thrilling. <laughs> I guess I guess it was it was exciting because we were, you know younger dudes and everything was more exciting back then i think right right absolutely well you know that's that's wow that's 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 kind of a depressing way to jump into that but yeah yeah you know <laughs> you're but what that, I pre- that's how i roll that's how i roll Conan. <laughs> well what i appreciate is that uh so i was i was party to both the all tomorrow's impeachment set as well as to the uh prf barbecue reunion sets and it it what one thing that really kind of struck me is that like and again I never saw you guys the first go round uh because I was a bay area guy and there really wasn't as many opportunities but I really felt that like there was a there was an energy to it that was uh you, like you didn't lose a step you know what I'm saying uh it it was it was dead on mm. and it, I know that there was a pretty big gap there right so it was like one of those things where like what what was the like what's the first time you guys started playing together because again for people that aren't in the know as a as a band, you know, Midwestern band, Chicago band, not everyone even lives in the same state anymore. No, <laughs> it, it was so rough. My, I mean, it's, in 2012, at least I was somewhat in practice. I was in a, a band with um, Rob Warmowski and Tony Jones for like a year before that, so I kind of could, could kind of play. The, the one last summer was. Jeez, that was brutal, man. I think we started practicing in like March just to play two shows and <laughs> end of wow. July because we knew we're like, right, right. Like, does anybody have calluses on their hands anymore? No. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how these old guys that aren't me do it. Like how they, I see bands that are like, you know, shellac or whatever. I, I realize they're keeping their chops up or whatever, but man, it. That's not easy. And we didn't know our songs anymore. And so we had our friend Tony, like, it was a fucking prince, go through the song list because I couldn't do it because I don't read music or anything. He went through all our songs and wrote down, like, what, you know, chords and keys and stuff like that. So, you know, for, for John, that was pretty right on that he did that because you know the three of us practiced together before we were able to bring mark in right. and mark you know the good dr sabaki who lives down in uh bloomington he's a professor at illinois state you know he came in he probably had the hardest job because his parts were pretty abstract compared to the rest of the band mm. yeah it's kind of hard to, he, to, to rock that on your own <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I guess you yeah. Can, but it's going to sound like you're. I mean, dorking around, right? And, well, no, and he, you know, he's when we when we were writing songs, he's picking out chords based on how they're going to create like a third sound right. when it's meshed with the other instrument. I mean, if you hear stuff that sounds like car horns and stuff in the background of, you know, Mark's coming <laughs> up with that stuff, or if somebody's playing in you know three when everyone else is playing in four, that's probably Mark. 
So he had, uh, and he hadn't, he hadn't played since that show. I don't think in 2012. Yeah, so, that's, that's, but, a, that's, you know, a, that's a long time. And, well, and I was just going to say that from other folks that we've talked to, the the general consensus seems to be that if you're not doing it all the time, that it's like you got to work three times as hard for about a third of the results. And uh, <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, it was so hard. <laughs> I, will, I will say that we could, you know, back in the day, we could have an off night and not want to kill ourselves. Right. But it was – it took, like – everything I had to do the like two shows and not like, I mean the whole, every song I'm like thinking what, what's, what's next, what's next, what's, I mean, oh, nothing was automatic anymore. <laughs> right. Right. And you know, we, there were things we fucked up, but it was pretty, the second night last summer, every, we agreed it felt like it was the only one of the three that actually felt like a, like tar. Oh, the one okay. I didn't go to. So that no no yeah was that you didn't go to the no. second one no yeah, sorry yeah, I went to the first no, one no no did I say the second one yeah yeah you, you did no you did. the first one well it's okay oh so that the one that I skipped one. so he Josh skipped the other one so I went to the second uh, one no, 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 no matter what you're gonna you're not gonna win here well I I don't know it it felt second one although sometimes those things are down to like the sound guy figured it out the second night or the sure. monitor mix was better the second night so maybe it was. I don't know. It just, it felt, we, we felt something the second night that we didn't feel the first night, I guess. So, and, and when I, the both times I saw you, you know, it wasn't that you were necessarily playing the hits because Star wasn't necessarily a band with, with hits, but I, I appreciated that you kind of seemed to give some thought as to, you know, not just stuff that you wanted to play, but songs that people maybe always wanted to hear, but didn't necessarily have the chance to. Uh, so was, was that like, like how did you, and how did you go about picking those songs that, that you were going to play? Like, was it more just like a, like, was it obvious or was it like, all right, let's try a little of this, a little of that. Like where, how did, how did that work? No, we, we talked to each other and said, what songs, what songs do people want to play? If, you know, if there's a song that, you know, you guys really want to, I mean, we're not going to be doing this. Well, you know, I, I guess we are going to do it again soon, but you know, every time we do it, it's like, we may never play again. So what do you guys want to do? And, and some of that is cut with John, what can you like get through folk singing? Cause you don't sing anymore. You can't go out there and scream. And I mean, he'll be, I mean, he just, he takes verses off sometimes. She, you know, his voice is just going to be toast if he tries to, shout like he used to you know and we're not talking about tar toast we're talking about it'll be toasted in a bad way <laughs> so but so you think it's we so, just so, asked so, everybody and and some of that was you know john's like ah, i can't can't do that one some of them we didn't i don't know why our hardest song it would seem to be is the song that's like has a part in an 11 in it it's called solution eight that seems like that would be that's that one's like autopilot and i don't know why like john and i practiced this weekend and we did it without a hitch it's the ones that are this like four on the floor and they're cruising but if you go through tar songs and try to figure them out like tony does he's he's like why did you play that six times the first time four times the second time and (laughs) you know seven times the third why why don't you just you know why did you do that's that? That's where it's hard because if you lock into the groove, you get and get lost. Yeah. 
That makes sense. Like, that does make sense to me in a way, though, I, because then, like, the more complicated stuff maybe, like, is sticking, has stuck around a little longer. Yeah, I mean, you guys are both musicians. You know how that works. Yeah. You, if you can get something that's got some muscle memory to it. Right. Absolutely. Well, even even songs that have like bizarre arrangements, you're like, why? I don't know. Why did we do that? Like, why? Yeah. Why does it do that? Seems I don't know. Fun at the time. <laughs> Didn't know any better. I don't know. It, Got something to prove. I don't it, <laughs> it's it's more interesting when you're writing it, right? Right. If right, you're right, not right. writing a pop hit, but if you're gonna say like, you know, what we used to say was, let's write. We wrote our songs were pretty structured, pretty in a pretty pop way, until we started then we would you know deconstruct them a little bit and we'd say okay we have a bridge for this so we have like a verse and a chorus and a verse and a chorus and a bridge and a verse and a chorus well let's let's put the bridge first hmm. and then we'll and then we'll do the verse and the chorus and then we'll bring the bridge back at the end of the and we'll end the song with the bridge will be the ending and the beginning like that's funner yeah, or, right. and or if you start getting into like you know you can build on stuff by by getting people used to something changing at a certain time, and then you like pull a rug out from under them, and it goes into a different key or something. Right, right, right. You know, it's kind of like the uh, that stuff. <laughs> right part wrong yeah. band kind of kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which, which always delighted me from the first second I saw that song title. I was like, "That's amazing." <laughs> that was one of that's our most aptly one of our most aptly named songs. <laughs> John's like, that's fine. That doesn't sound like our entire song, though. Yeah. And then he, that's then that's what he called it. <laughs> that song you, you guys played earlier, I was like, the Barry White was, we named that because, um, I don't know why I thought of that because I was thinking of the song title. We named that because I was trying to um, force a Barry White drum beat. Oh, yeah. Onto onto yeah. a tar song. It makes sense. And yeah. I ended up I ended up settling for Casey and the Sunshine Band, but we kept the name anyway. <laughs> but that that That's drum beat cool. for Barry White is a straight lift of um, "Get Down Tonight." <laughs> but the rest of the song like, doesn't, doesn't sound like "Get Down Tonight," so it's right. all right. Anyway, sorry. Uh, no, and, and like so, that's something that's that's when you're talking about like song composition and how things were put together i always felt there was a very there was a lot of inventiveness that happened uh in certain ways where it seemed like the focus for the songs you know maybe it would start off one way and kind of you'd like take a like take a left turn uh, o- over here and was that something that just sort of happened naturally where you're like ah let's you know let's make this crazy let's do something weird here like what what was the what was the mo when you were writing them? It, yeah it was it's pretty natural and if if you decide that you're going to accept like a mistake or like if you're going to get like turned on by something that went wrong and and like when we would practice and someone would like you know jump to the wrong you know would there be a key change in the song somewhere we didn't really have key our songs weren't really in keys all the time but <laughs> someone would jump into the next bit ahead by accident so right you know, sometimes you stop and someone go, yeah, you fucked up. Let's start over. And sometimes you stop and you go, what did you just do? Oh, that yeah. was cool. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's, that again. that's what we did there, you know, so we would go, okay, you're going to play the second part of the song, like a half a minute before anyone else gets to it. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Like, I can't, like there's a, there's a song we have called Les Paul worries where John jumps into the ending of a song, like in the fucking bridge and hangs on that cord. 
Nice. It's, there's no reason for it. He just starts, there's like a bass and drum bit, and he just hits, starts hitting that like main chord of a song and just stays there for like the next two minutes. And it only <laughs> makes sense. And the only reason the song is cool is that when everyone finally finds that chord together, like right before the end. Right, right. And you're like, oh, yeah, and, we used and to, that's the end. <laughs> yeah, we used to love, that was like the fun, that's, we used to love that shit. Like do, like find moments. Like maybe this whole song isn't like this, the best song in the world, but if you can like set up a cool moment later by doing something else. Yeah. That's right. what we were. That's what we like. I mean, that's what I think our best songs do when stuff is like haywire and then suddenly bam, everybody's like, and you can get away with a lot of shit. <laughs> if you can, if you can, if you can deliver the rock like once again. during the song. Right. Right. Yeah. Like once during the song, mean, or, you know, people will forgive a lot of bullshit, especially back then with all, you know, these noise rock bands and stuff. You could, if you were like a loud, noisy guitar band, that that would get you your foot in the door if you could play, yeah. <laughs> more or less. Well, and and you guys were on both of the sort of preeminent like noisy rock band labels too. Like you put stuff out in Touch of Go and you put stuff out in Amrep as well. Uh, and that's that's yeah, something. How did that, that happen? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good question. You know, and and there's that's a... still that is still amazing to me now because we. <laughs> Tried real hard. I don't know, <laughs> but I think that's that's fantastic because there's there's very few bands that sort of bridge bridge that gap, and it and in both cases it absolutely makes sense. Um, and it isn't and, like hey there's a big stylistic change, but and Discord and Sub Pop. That's true. Through the, yes. through the back oh, door. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> through the back door. Yeah. <laughs> Quick, while while no one's looking. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Hey, Jawbox, come here. Yeah. <laughs> See, we're trying to be on Discord now. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but you have to record a tire song. That's the only stipulation. Yeah, and I think that's. Oh, I, for, I actually forgot all about that. Yeah, I, yeah. I think I even have that seven inch. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, like so that was the thing that, of course, and you're talking about, uh, you know, Jawbox, we uh, former guest of the show, multiple get- time guest of the show, Jay Robbins. I'm not sure if we talked about that last time, but there was uh, that was a great show. I like that. I listened to that one. I've listened to many of these shows. That was one of my favorites. I, I love hearing that guy talk a, about what, stuff. What a great dude! Seriously, like yeah. what is what yep. is a delight of a human being, right? Uh, yep. And uh, I, I love the fact that I, I, I'm trying to think. I think that you guys were the first band where yeah, the conceit was, hey, we're going to cover like. The other band song, and they're gonna, you know, cover it. And like, there's a lot of those that are around. But for me, I think I think yours was the first one that I heard, which is hilarious because I didn't know either song at the time. <laughs> <laughs> so it was yeah, like, when they're the that's their song called Static and our song called Static. Right, and it didn't even like someone had to like inform yeah. me. They're like, yeah, that's not their Static, that's the other Static. I'm like, what? I don't understand what you yeah. just said. <laughs> well, we had the we had to throw that one to our bass player who can like sing a rock song <laughs> right right <laughs> so I, john and tom both sang it the whole way through and then we're like you know john um tom kind of tom kind of did it <laughs> we're gonna use tom you can do the choruses <laughs> well and that's the other the other one i, I think of, and this one kind of came out of nowhere was i forgot you guys uh, did hell's bells uh that what the one that that was the um that was kind of a train wreck. That was fun, though. 
uh, yeah, and that, that was uh, I think that was it. it was it PRF that that was? When did I where did I pick that up? I have that. I have that. But uh, that was yeah, us. that was a, we gave those. Or the, yeah, actually, Jonah paid for half of those and gave them away. Yeah, yeah. That that was a that uh, was one where it was like, oh, this totally works, but is not at all what I would have expected. But is is pretty cool. I, I definitely would not say train wreck, by the way. But it definitely has your own your own uh, stamp on it for sure. Yeah, I don't know. It was fun. I'm not calling <laughs> it a definitive version that. or anything, but you know, it was, it was it was it was a really cool treat for uh, someone that that enjoys the catalog. So, yeah, we really tried to sound like ACDC, and then just kind of sounded like us. I don't know. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. You, you, you had your own voice. So, wh- how did you feel? I mean, you, you guys played with a lot of, um, you know, with a lot of great bands. That was a very very uh, fervent and interesting time for Chicago music, at least coming at it from perspective of, uh, you know, time and distance. Like there's a lot of great bands that were kicking around. I mean, did you, did you feel yeah. like at the time, like, Hey, like, you know, this is, Oh, there's something cool happening. This is important. Or was it, you know, the same, same nonsense as always <laughs> same, same wrong bands being paid oh. attention to as, as it is now or. I don't, you know, ask me back then, I would have said, oh, listen to all this bullshit going on. We're going to kick everybody's ass. You know, it would have been like that. But it, it would have been posturing. And we knew, I mean, there was so much cool stuff. We were all fans before. Right. You know, we're not like musicians, you know? <laughs> That's how I look at it anyway. Okay. I've never, I never really felt like I did anything but, you know, really tried hard to like do a good like drummer impression um <laughs> and you know i think i think mark had knew i mean mark definitely knows it he's like you know he's not Dwayne dennison dexterity wise but chord wise you know mark he like it's pretty encyclopedic with the kind of shit he would throw in what that you couldn't imagine would work and it did and it did And he had like, he had played, I think he had played some like jazz guitar in his past life, you know, we're all really old. So, and, uh, Tom was a guitar player, but could also play bass. Our original bass player was kind of self-taught. So we just kind of knew what we wanted to sound like. And then, you know, John was in, John and I were in a hardcore band called, uh, Light and Descent, I guess you could call it. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Punk, kind we're, of. We're familiar. We, there's, so, there's been blatant descent talk on this show before. <laughs> oh wow. Well, keep in that mind means. we've had both Rick and Rose on 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 this show. Right. Oh yeah, as well, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, we've we've been in different bands together for decades. So uh, love that, love those people. And, and that was how they. And they're so they're so patient with being endlessly fucked with <laughs> by us over over the years. Yeah, would you, would you care to elaborate on that a little bit? Because I think it is kind of a fun story of, uh, I, I would go to say glacier-like escalation almost. It's just so, it was so preposterous that they were so nice and cool. And I don't know why, but it didn't start with us fucking with them. It start, started with them thinking we did. Because we, we wrote a song, and John called it Flow Plow, but I don't know if, I mean... Their record, I guess, Flower Power was out, but it wasn't about them. It wasn't, it was just, you know, a turn of phrase John invented. It's the name for a zip gun would be Flow Plow. I don't know why I called it, but he did. And then in the single, when we 
released that, our bass player is wearing a fucking flower flower shirt. <laughs> so I don't know how I don't know how much time went by, maybe half a year or a year, and and Poster Children come out with a sub pop single, right. and on the back of the single, there's like a, a picture of a you know guitar player, and it's a negative, but it's John. <laughs> and there's no explanation just a picture of john playing guitar on the back of a poster children album <laughs> so we're like ah here we go here we go so then we put out a single like a year after that and i was working with this guy uh laying out magazines at this place out in Des Plaines, illinois um and this guy was had a fanzine called nice slacks and he went to high school with um like Weasel Walter, James Aha from Smashing Pumpkins, and Bob Rising from uh, Poster Children. These guys all came out of Elk Grove High School. Oh, gotcha. Okay. And uh, he's like, he's, and I was telling him, like, I don't know, we got to do something. We got to do something. I don't know what we're going to do. And he's like, well, you know, I've got Bob Rising's high school yearbook photo. <laughs> and, he, and he told me that Bob's nickname was Little Bucky in high school. Oh, man. Mm. So then, listen, we did a, a single, a Solution 8 single, we put this, I put this, like, um, blown out, like, total contrast, all just, you know, <laughs> bit mappy looking image of Bob Rising's you know, year, high school yearbook photo and a, a dedicated to Little Bucky <laughs> next to it. <laughs> oh, my God. And, that's, and I think that was the end. I don't, I don't think, I don't think there was anything after that, but... Well, so was, I thought it was funny when we played last summer that John referenced it on stage. <laughs> so was was like we had had a little feud with them, and that did not look well on the poster children. <laughs> said something like that. They did not wear that well. Was was there like song? further like further making fun of people who did, did nothing to anybody? <laughs> right, so the, the, the sweetest people in the world. Yeah, <laughs> well done. Yeah, we're just. <laughs> Well, there's also just have an asshole streak, you know. There also was blatant diss, which is the poster children song, obviously. That's true. Yeah, that's that's how that must be. That must I forgot about that. That must be how they got back after the. That was on Tool for the Man, right? Yeah, Yeah, and that's I. I think that's one of the the, that's one of like the my favorite songs of that era. 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 What what a run of drummers that (laughs) band has had, huh? Oh man, you're killing me. (laughs) Oh. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I didn't want to play with them ever. <laughs> Damn. And we played with them once with Johnny Machine and once with Bob Rising and it's like it's enough already, guys. <laughs> even this new even this new guy like plays circles around me, so I don't know. Matt can play circles. I guess I should not worry people. about it. Yeah, Matt's really good. I, I didn't I didn't realize that he Yeah uh, he is. He uh <laughs> he plays in like a Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers Johnny Cash tribute band, like, which I was like, what? Yeah, because <laughs> it's it's it, it's not because I think that's lame. I don't think that it's like it's like hey, that's actually a really cool conceit. It's just that I didn't. It was surprising to me because I'm like, oh different, wow, different gear. Yeah, it's it's, it's like that's got to be like you know just a 180 completely from doing poster children stuff, especially in that grand, you know the newer like Grand Bargain stuff. There's some kind of adventurous drumming that mm, happens there. Yeah. That that is a definitely a one eighty. Yes, <laughs> for sure. Uh, that's that's what happens in this show. It's I'm sorry to report, um, but not that sorry. So I didn't no, really. Those guys are great. I mean, we we like shared a practice space with them for a brief a period of time, and so we always got along with them well. I don't I don't know why we just wanted to 
have fun every once in a while, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that sounds terrible. <laughs> just kept, kept stumbling into opportunities. For... <laughs> I don't know. Well, and so, and, and you guys did tour. I know that, you know, I never got to see you on the West Coast. I was also not cool enough to know about you uh, on the on the West Coast because, well, settle down, children. Back in the day, you were not able to instantly <laughs> listen to anything that ever had been existed on the Internet immediately. Um, yeah. But I do, uh, I, I do remember uh, hear, hearing a story about one time that you played San Francisco, which I, I would hope. If, do you know the one I'm talking about that that I'd like you to share? Because I think this is a good story. Please remind me. So you, I'm old now. You played with an unexpected band, like it was a, a and, and I'm, I'm, I don't want to spoil it necessarily, but it was an unexpected band. Is it, does that help? This is like a, a was it? Um, <laughs> this is your life. <laughs> <laughs> Writ, writ large and writ annoying. <laughs> um, okay, shit. Mike, tell me the story. I'm, about... I'm, reca- I'm recounting the shows. And... Tell me how you ended uh, up playing with Caius, Mike, please. Oh, Caius, that's right. Oh, the unexpected band being like Josh. What's his name? How do you say his name? Ham? Hami? Hami, I believe. Home? I think Hami. Okay. I think it's Hami. Yeah, no, they, yeah, I thought you were, you meant something else. We knew they were on the bill, but right. at the time we were just like, oh, Caius, what is this bullshit going to be, you know? But, I mean, I, like, we're like, yeah, we heard there was some bullshit stoner band, and then, then they, you know, they played, they opened, I think. It was like, yeah, it was Caius, us, and Dwarves, and they, and they were just like, we were like, holy shit. Right. <laughs> it was, it was kind of like a jaw dropping, this is heavy. <laughs> we're going to come up with our squirrely shit after that now. Right. And that's like, and, and here's the thing is like, I, I enjoy the music of both bands, but I wouldn't necessarily have think of having both bands on the bill, uh, which, which can be fantastic. Don't get me wrong. I actually really like bills that it's not like, Hey, everybody sounds uniformly of one genre or type. It's just kind of like, the, yeah. But, well, right. And that happened a lot back. And there were a lot of, oddball bills you know bands we played with or you would be like what like we i can't remember i uh, i'm not gonna go through the whole thing but well what are, I what think are some back of the more too, like outside the box ones that that you played with you that people wouldn't expect or that you didn't expect or, or, or along well, we, those we played a bunch of shows really early on with this band called uh calamity jane from portland oh yeah, <laughs> who were they were amazing. They were so good, and I I kind of feel like a lot of like between them and Babes in Toyland, they just got like their whole shtick got taken by people like Hole and other people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like between those, like those two, like Babes in Toyland and Calamity Jane, for me that was like the apex at that time. And every and then suddenly there were all these like bands that were forming that that sounded like that, but. So we played a bunch of shows with them. We got along like really well with them, and it was just kind of like accident. We played like one show with them, and they were on tour and didn't have gigs, so we kept trying to get them on bills where we were playing. Oh, so nice. That kind of worked out. So that and I can't remember, you know, I'm, I'm like Squall we played with that mm. that seemed that was awesome, but seemed a little. And we played with like the Canaan, if you remember them. It was like um, 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 a guy, a guy and a girl, and they were just kind of like this kind of um, uh, like drum machine and guitar, and then the woman was, was a singer. 
Yes. Oh, oh and, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm digging deep. I'm digging deep for that one. Yeah. yeah. I think they were. They might have been a K Records band, but I think they were actually from New Zealand or Australia. Yeah, I that's yes. Which. I think they were Australian. Yeah. Yeah. But even, I mean, I, I don't even find that much in common between those early AMRAP bands with each other. I mean, I know superficially because of the logo and because it says noise, everyone has this like, like no other label I've ever heard of. Can someone say AMRAP and people will go, yeah, this is going to be loud. This is going to be angry. There's going to be loud guitar. And, but stylistically, uh, you know, like, Going from Helios Creed to the Cows to, right. to Tar, maybe Tarrant Tarrant Helmet might have been a little closer than some yeah. of the other ones, but, but you know the God Boys that they all you know most of them had at least like one person in the band who seemed like they were other than other than us and maybe Helmet like there was like a focal point where somebody was doing something strange. Yeah, and, and mm. I and I feel like it's been sort of retconned by this this sort of like new. This new uh, crowd of folks that are kind of discovering noise rock, that it was like this kind of uniform thing where everything kind of sounded like strap it on well, my helmet. And it's like, that's that's really is not accurate at all. No, I mean, don't forget that Supernova yeah, is on that label. Yes, uh, that's Supernova. <laughs> that's for, I forget Supernova even was a right. thing. Wow. Well, <laughs> and I remember that yeah. the, on the, the logo on the back, instead of noise, it said nice on theirs. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's good. That's awesome. I yeah. haven't seen that. Yeah. Just for that. You, you picked. You pick up like strap, and I, I didn't even think like helmet maybe more than us. Like I don't, were we that noisy? Like maybe discordant at yeah. times, but I never, I always, I never, like I, I always go, God, are we a noise band? Are we like mathy? I don't think we, because then you listen to like, you know, something else, and you're like Don Caballero, and you're like, okay, that's like mathy, right? Right. I get that, but I didn't, I didn't, I just thought of like riffs. Yeah, no, I mean... Like we, we, we wrote riffs and didn't have solos and just kind of tried to write songs. I don't know. And I felt like the the, the ethos, and we actually had Tom on a couple times. I've, I had him on just as a as a guest just for a full show, like right when the AMREP documentary came out. But ironically, before yeah. I was able to watch the documentaries, so that was funny. <laughs> but I kind of felt like the correlating yeah. factor was, like you said, there was it was it was like kind of loud rock music that had its own voice but didn't necessarily like fit into like easy cookie cutter stuff and i feel like that's kind of gradually been changed to be like oh this is very uniform kind of thing that like you know follows these very strict rules and like i mean what do the god bullies sound like you know fucking nothing that i can <laughs> nothing that i can think of they sound yeah, like themselves they... what do the cows sound All like right. i mean there's nothing that sounds quite like the cows yeah, how do they get they get that shit to stick together as good song like that? Just complete it just makes like no those sense. those guitar parts are so abstract. Yeah, yeah. And yet they're kind of a catchy band to me. No, they have crazy hooks, and there's just like, uh, oh yeah, and Bob Chapman in the in the chat box is through and Chokebore. Oh, God, what the yeah. hell does Chokebore sound like? You know, <laughs> <laughs> like nothing. But they're but they sound like themselves, and it was kind of you know a unique thing and a unique voice, and um, and in the same way that. You know, and there are a few labels like Touch and Go is the same sort of way, uh, and there's a few other labels that, that were like that. But I feel like now things are kind of more sorted by genre almost, and I think that that's uh, I don't know. I, I almost personally, I feel like it's almost a lost opportunity. Maybe I wouldn't feel that way if I played genre music, but I don't know. Like, 
it's it's I just kind of feel like like the the days of and and the, that surprise is gone that you can't just like hey that's a cool band I'll you know I'll I'll buy it based on the the album cover you know like I saw I saw the um the uh, the one with the test tubes and I was like oh that 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 album cover looks awesome I'm gonna get that yeah. And like I didn't even like listen to it immediately, and then I was like, "Oh man, this is cool." I didn't know what I think it was going to sound like, but I don't think this was it. But I like it. <laughs> yeah, I went. I can't remember. I was just. Uh, I was literally just. Oh, it was a guy at work. I was just talking to this this kid who's like, you know, not a kid. He's like thirty five or something. But I was talking to him at work, and we were just like, "Remember how funk?" And and, and I always do this where people are like, "Well, no, actually, I don't remember it that well." But he kind of remembered shopping for, you know, he used to go to a record store with no, you know, and you would just buy, you know, an album was cheap enough and was not like a percentage of your paycheck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, exactly, yeah. Really? Exactly. I mean, it, it kind of was, but I mean, God, I'm so old, like, shit was like $7, you know, yeah. when I was buying records in high school. You weren't buying like a $35 or, you know, like, double 180-gram reissue with a, you know... <laughs> Yeah, what the fuck, man? It's I'm not gonna say it's ruined, but it's fucking ruined. You can't. You go to a. It's like I see you see a record you want now. Oh yeah, there's that Zeppelin album I never bought. That's cool. I'm sorry, twenty dollars for a used record, and there's eight million of them in the world. Right, right, right. I, I yeah, I have. What the, the hell? Ha- oh my god. So yeah, <laughs> it was so awesome. You, you you work at Wendy's, get your paycheck drive to Chicago and then go, what the fuck is this? this what is this? says Cabaret Voltaire on it. What the fuck is this? I'll try it. <laughs> right, right. The fall? What is that? <laughs> All right, I'll try it. And then someone, you know, standing next to you goes, get that fall record. Put the other one back, get the fall record. Yeah. Oh, All right. All right. <laughs> okay, sure. What do you know? I don't know how you do that on the internet. I don't know how you, you know, I guess you read comments and stuff and yeah. people like, you know, and the... PRF forum will tip me the good stuff, you know, and that's cool. But, then, but that whole I, that whole concept is lost of just like spending an afternoon going with your buddy to Chicago and buying music, and then you know telling each other about it the next day or whatever. Yeah, and, and having had that, you know, having had that experience, you know, where I grew up uh, in the Central Valley, it was like a record store, and it was terrible. They didn't have like anything like that was like remotely independent at all so yeah i had to you know drive to the bay area and again a lot of times i would just be like okay if i had heard you know the liner notes thing if i mm-hmm. if there was a record that i liked and they were like thanked in the liner notes they thanked other bands and i'd be like oh, i gotta find that oh, band yeah. and yeah. I, I would do that all oh the yeah time. yeah and and that's something that happened pretty consistently and it was usually like about 90 percent like oh this is my favorite stuff and then 10 percent like huh that was interesting <laughs> but it never was bad and it was, it was sort of like yeah. a I feel like the right. uh, antediluvian, like early uh, Triassic <coughs> period version of like personal recommendations of being like, "Hey, these are the bands that you know we did sure. stuff with and, and do stuff with." Yeah, and, like we play with them, and they're cool enough that we, they uh, they got in the liner notes as a thank you and all that. So we actually made a point of that when we put out our first record. Just like, well, we got to do that too. Oh yeah, yeah. Even <laughs> though nobody gives a damn anymore. No, of course like, not. It's the same. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well. Yeah, unfortunately, we put out a record where we just stole everybody else's thank you list and made that the art. (laughs) (laughs) Which one was that one? So, um, it's a touch and go single called Teetering. The artwork is just all words, and it's all I can. I don't know. I think John went got a bunch of his hardcore records out from the '80s and 
just copied the thank you list. That's very meta. Because we never did a thank you list. We never, you know, we were, we're assholes, so we never thanked anybody for anything. <laughs> In person, we would thank people and be right. nice, oh, yeah. but we never put anybody's, you know, name on a record or anything. Well, what I always felt is that the visual aesthetic, there was kind of a minimalist sort of visual aesthetic for a lot of the things that, you know, included the text and just like the, like, here's the least amount of information possible. And like, you can fill in the blanks if you feel so inclined. And I thought that was, uh, you know, it, it definitely made it mysterious. And that's, that could be kind of cool. Yeah, even the lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Just like, what the hell? I don't even, and then you would have no way of knowing too. Like, you'd just be like, oh, that's com- what I thought of was completely wrong. But you know, that's fine. That's, that, that's just one way of going about things. And I feel like that, that's almost a lost art now too. Everything is just like utterly nuanceless yeah. obvious and on the nose. So it, it's weird that that was something that at one point was like, Oh yeah, they just aren't doing that. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it, it's, it's kind of nice to pick up something and you kind of get a clue, but you don't know what, what it actually is. I used to love that. You get like a, a wire album or something and they're well, right. maybe not like a like a dome album like a wire yeah, two guys yeah. from wire yeah. they put a record out and you're like what the fuck the song titles are like R R K K uh uh and you're like what the I'll, it just kind of draws I'll you in when you just have when it's just like what the hell someone like you think of when you you know bought your first Beatles record or whatever when when I, you know and then like from there like seven or eight years later it's like somebody made a record of this that's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's a leap from you know people who could only you could only get on a record if you wrote a catchy song like, and then fifteen or twenty years later you can put whatever shit you want to pay for and make your record. Yeah, yeah. Well, and so that's maybe, that's all. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, that's all. That's all we wanted. We're like, yeah, man. We work. We're not going to ever make money off of this. You know, we. The first day we were in a band, we knew this is not this is never gonna be a living for anybody. And once you, that's like pretty gives you a lot of freedom because you're like, okay, we're gonna tour, and then we're gonna find another job, and then we're gonna tour, and then we're gonna look for a job again. Right. We're gonna save money. Then you can like get one record made by saving money. And we got so fucking lucky that somebody heard it and said, "Here's some money for another record." And I mean, jackpot. Right, right, and and the of course like when Hazelmeyer called us, it's like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> okay, <laughs> yes, sure. <laughs> well, so, yeah, that, yeah. Until I, he wanted this contract signed, and that that was a problem. <laughs> oh yeah, that turned into an issue. Oh really? Tell me more. <laughs> I I know that dude. I can I can, oh. I can I can I can pester him. It's fine. Well, well, <laughs> <laughs> Who, Tom? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Pastor, Pastor Hannah. He's not, he wasn't an asshole about it or anything. Okay. It's just, he was, his come. I mean, he, it wasn't his money. Right. His money was coming from, the only way he could do that record label, which is, you know, thank God someone stepped forward and let him do a record label, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, good, good choice. Yeah, um, let, right. let all Quintone, the have a, have a, have a say. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, damn, somebody, I mean, you could just kind of, if you'd spend like 10 minutes with Hazelmeyer, you just kind of know you can hand him shit and it's going to get done. Yep. Yeah. It's going to yep. get done well. Um, but, you know, he had, to, in order to start making 12 inches, you know, I don't know if they asked him or if he asked them, I can't remember how it works, but Twin Tone was the, yeah. 
That's right. bankrolled it. And they were a subsidiary of something maybe. But after our first record or two, um, Tom's like, you know, I, you know, I'm really sorry, but you guys, if you want, you know, we need, we need you to do this, um, sign this contract. So we looked at it and it was just standard major label, you know, record label. And we went, no, can't sign that. And, and he's like, ah, oh, I can actually hear this in my head now, by the way. <laughs> uh, all right. All right. Don't worry about it. And we're like, well, what are you going to tell him? You know, he's like, I don't know. I don't know. But they already paid for this record. This one's coming out. I don't know. <laughs> so, you know, then, and for like, that was for like roundhouse. And then for Jackson is like, you know, I'm like, no, no, no. And we're like, Oh, well, you know, let us look at it. And then we would just like, not ever sign it. And, and, and that, you know, after Jackson, we were gone anyway, so it didn't matter anymore. But, right. you know, if you're on like by contrast, because they're not, because Corey's not, you know, doesn't have anybody, financially to answer to right it's all handshake he's just like here's here's the deal the record costs this much i get that much money back and then everything after that i take half and you take half right how's that sound and we're like that sounds better than like you know five percent or whatever yeah Yeah, yeah. sounds okay (laughs) whatever the i don't even know what it was but whatever that you know the the standard major label thing is it's like you know it's not half believe me god no <laughs> Definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, if you don't spend, if you don't spend like a freaking bank on your record, if you like record it with Steve, like in the middle of the night at a recording studio, and they're off hours, and it's pretty cheap, and you got like the best engineer going, who will not, you have to force to, you know, get paid decently. Yeah. Who else? Who I mean, else we, we still never about? made a single dime the entire career, but. It's not about that. That though. was a better, that was a much better thing. It's kind of about keeping it, it seemed like it's sort of like keeping the, the fuel tank for the next thing and, and keeping keeping the shit moving forward, you know? Yeah, I think so. And, you know, I don't know. I, I don't want to, I don't want to speak for Tommy. I, mean, I know it was like, it was not a happy moment when we right. left for touch and go and he took it as a vote of like no confidence, you know, and yeah. like a, personal like slap in the face we had done all this shit for us and we just like fucked him over and because touch and go came and said well now that they're built up into this whatever that was which was not much <laughs> uh, now they're now Corey's gonna like reap the profits but it was pretty much all about us having to have control over every aspect of what we were doing and we couldn't do that there's no way to do that from chicago to minneapolis right yeah, so and, it's, it, and what's interesting is sort of like, and and Tom could not match that deal. There's yeah, no way he could have done that. Yeah, deal. exactly. It's it's a logistical thing, and you know it's it, it's a shame, but it's it's like one of those things where, you know, it doesn't seem like they were. It was a bummer. Deal, I mean, right? I mean, it's just sort of just yeah. that, that's how it rolled, and you know, that doesn't always feel like that at the time necessarily, but. Yeah, I mean, and, and there's there's some truth that, you know, our buddies were at Touch and Go, and so we wanted to hang with our buddies, too. And, you know, I know we've, we've heard that, too. Because uh, Albini's calling the shots for everybody. They wanted to be on Albini's label with, you know, all their Chicago. Well, fuck, why not, man? 
Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, you could, you know, if you if there's something going on with your record, you walk, you take the bus or whatever, and you go, Corey, what's, where are we here and this, and what do you need from us, et cetera. Right. And, and we'd go on tour and not have to find a job again because we could go to the Touch and Go warehouse and work. There's always shit to do at, at Touch. There was always shit to do at Touch and Go. So, uh, yeah, you know, you'd go there, you're, you'd be done with your tour, and there's Jim Kimball and John Forbes, you know, packing up records and sending them out, you know. Yeah, it's a very and the, you know Rick, the digits are the digits are in the other rooms you know mailing out promos. Right, right. <laughs> it was. I mean, it was cool. You could just oh shit, I'm not like looking for rent every time I come off a tour. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah which is <laughs> that buys a lot of peace of mind and, and kind of sure. again helps helps keep the train moving. Yeah, yeah, I, and I you know it it was a bummer that it got taken, you know. It's all water under the bridge now. I've talked to Tom since then. Say, nobody, have you talked to him you know, since then? Nobody's worried about that any over the lost tower revenue, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it was just it was taken it was taken personally at yeah. the time and it well, wasn't Yeah. Wisdom of whatever. age, right? I mean, you know, like it's Yeah, exactly. We were young dudes, we just did what we wanted to do and we're like we wanted to not you know, we wanted to do that. You should hear what he says about Chokebore. <laughs> it's funny. I don't even know I, what happened with Chokebor. Oh no, no, no! Know. It wasn't like contentious. He just is, was very. Oh, he has strong opinions about their choice to like suddenly be. We're living abroad now. And he's like, "What? What are you doing? <laughs> like, like what?" Oh wow! Uh, not my story to tell. I can't remember. If I even it's so damn long ago. He's been on the show. I don't remember if I even told that story. I don't even fucking remember. I'm, am I even on this show? <laughs> I don't even know. Could have been. <laughs> been mid season. Who, Who knows? Uh, I, I don't know if it was. I don't know if it was Chokebore or some. It was another MREP. Like we used to after after we left MREP, we would play shows every once in a while, and they, people would come up to us and go, "Yeah, so what the fuck, man? You really like screwed Tom over now?" We're like what? And it would be like the guy from I I can't remember what like I'm not even gonna remember which band, but you know we played shows after that with like you know Hammerhead and. Today's the day and other bands and everyone. And like, we'd go to New York every fucking time. Like Paige Hamilton's like, boy, man, what are you talking about? <laughs> no shit. I'm sorry. We moved to touch and go. You moved to like Interscope. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're one to talk. <laughs> yeah, but Hamilton? we got Tom Paid. <laughs> but there's no money for us. Yeah. No, no one's paying that helmet money. <laughs> there, there was no like that one's like millions of dollars page we got like nothing you should ask him how many shorts he bought with the advance <laughs> oh god that guy <laughs> don't get me started <laughs> someone said right recently i was reading on facebook oh helmet are playing in like italy or something i'm like you mean quote helmet unquote yeah, yeah. Hel- helmet Ooh. featuring Paige hamilton Page in the same helmet without without Mengede and Stanier and uh, Bogdan. Yeah. No, yeah, no, I'm, thanks. I'm out. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, not not to discontinue the the trash talking, which of course means I'm going to. But uh, like, did you like? I heard like one of the songs of the most recent record, and I, I seriously had like the the, the a oh, moment yeah. of like not, not to discontinue the, where, the trash talking, which of course I was like, I don't to, know uh, who this is for. Like I just had the like you know sometimes you hear something and you're like oh that's not for me but uh, but like I'm not the audience but I know like that it's for someone in this case I was like I have no idea who this is for no idea at all yeah 
I feel like I was in like a, the Twilight Zone yeah. for a second. I was hearing myself come back. I was, uh, <laughs> I was, I was about to <laughs> I didn't know what was going on there. Oh, you know. I think that was a cue to stop talking about that, though. But it, what I was saying is okay. that it wasn't good, is, is what I'm saying. And, like, you know, hey, all, all power to Paige for doing what he wants. People want to pay for it. Awesome. Yeah. And I've got so, some sympathy where I, I assume the thing was, you know, either you're going to call your band Helmet or we're not going to put out your record. Yeah. Eh, maybe. You know. That's like, just my assumption. Like that Thin Lizzy record that was never meant to be Thin Lizzy. Right. With the Thunder and Lightning and yeah. uh, Cold Sweat, where it's like you basically made a record that's kind of Sounded a little like Judas Priest or something, and then uh, they were like, "Yeah, you have to call this Thin Lizzy, or we won't put it out." Right. <laughs> anyway, Paige oh, Hamilton coming out next week. <laughs> <laughs> so, when you guys were making records, let's get back on the separate guitar right. here. Uh, when you guys were making records, um, considering that you know a lot of it was you know the sort of like keeping fuel in the tank to keep things moving forward, how did you? choose which songs were going where and, and which songs were going on record and you know was it was something where you tried them out live and then you're like ah oh, yeah that one's cool that'll be that'll be neat this one maybe Pretty, not so much yeah i think i think literally every song we've ever finished that we remembered from practice to practice got on a record and we never recorded anything in practice so if we forgot something from the next practice it just got forgotten mm, right so we, I mean, it took us, God, it took us ages to write songs because we, because of the way we worked, we didn't, some, no one ever came in with a song. We would just play a riff and you would play a riff for like 20 minutes maybe mm. and could find every part of that riff that you liked or didn't like. And then when you had three parts, you'd try every part against each other on top of each other to see what happened and somebody screwed up and in a cool way, you'd remember that. Um, but we, when we finished the song, we, we never like played it out and got a, like decided that we got a bad reaction. So that's not going to get used. We just used, we just didn't finish anything. We didn't like. Okay. That makes sense. Well, and that's so, it, the only thing that sucks for that is like you know nothing that much for the B sides collection unless it's like the weird singles and stuff like that. But you know it, it's makes sense. I mean, I, I felt like even though, again, from an outsider's perspective, the records had a very distinctive and unique voice to them, but it, it wasn't well, always thanks. immediately clear. Like if there, you know, it wasn't like initially a unified vision of like, oh, this record is this, this record is that. But like each one kind of had its own vibe and feel. And I was, I always was just curious if that was something where, oh, that's because those were songs written around that time, <laughs> or if it was more of something yeah. where you were thinking about it. it. Well, I will say it changed. I think it changed a lot just by virtue of Tom coming in when he did. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. Like, Tom came in right before Jackson, and it's pretty to me. I mean, I, I guess I have a lot more perspective on it than most people, but it's pretty stark. Like the shit got like way more elegant and like um, focused when Tom came in because he just wrote these like mammoth direct like you know earworm bass riffs. Yeah, and and it's still... and then he wrote a ton of them right as soon as he joined the band. He had like he was just like he didn't do as much of it later I, I don't think i think he deferred to us to john and mark too much all told but like for jackson he, like out of the blocks he came up with like 
our first song on Jackson, Tom and I would, was our, that was our, um, soundtrack riff for the ugly American overkill tour. And he's probably, you know, viaduct removal is if you listen to, um, I'm, I shouldn't even say this. If you take, um, one of the parts of this charming man and, and slowed it down, that's, that's viaduct. <laughs> that do 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 yeah, probably my favorite. That, that's the second song. to last one. Yeah, it, that's like the, that's like the he put a twist on the theme from Halloween. Right, <laughs> that's, oh. that's so, what that one's all about. <laughs> instead of that, he just went. He just made it. He just like simplified it. So I mean, Tom's. I mean, Tom is kind of the melody of Tar as the bass lines, and everything else we didn't ever try to write a certain type of song but we never we had a our rule was that no one ever fucking changes the sound of their amps pretty much oh okay so, so therefore every, everything consistent. we do is going to have the exact have that sound and you're going to yeah. be able to tell but so we could play different you know you could play a, a interesting like a choppy song like like flow plow or we can play like the big like monster rock and tune like you know viaduct removal and you could still see how it's the same band kind of yeah i don't know if that makes any sense no it, it, it that's how i does and that's that actually that's my the drum that's the drummer's take <laughs> no but we had this strict sometimes you know the strict rules will give you you have to work harder to find freedom oh, within sure. it sure. and that that's kind of so that's where all the you know I, I call them like the car horn sound, like chords that Mark would throw in or playing off time. You can like play different, you know, polyrhythms at the same time and come together and divert. And nobody notices because it's this big wall of shit happening. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's something that kind of like made. Get away with it. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say like it, <laughs> the band, it seemed like a main conceit of the band and, and that uh, kind of. I, I think gave it a unique sound, even amongst other, you know, what some people term Chicago rock bands. And I know exactly what they mean when they say that, although it is reductive and misleading right. in the same way that like, I think yeah, I know what that means too. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, there's, there's, there's <laughs> a certain, there's certain thing. I'm sure you do. Yeah. There's, there's certain things right. that you just think of as like cultural signifiers for that. And, you know, it just, it, it struck me, even though I came to you guys like relatively late, uh, that like it was very noticeable like within all the material and that that was something that uh, you know it was it was really cool to be able to see that played live and it sounds like there may be other opportunities for that in the future eh? yeah um i guess i guess dude spilled the beans himself kind of we are we're gonna play a couple shows at the end of november um in georgia nice so um I think I, it just keeps changing to, in my mind. I can't because I'm there's like four nights of this thing that's happening. I think we're doing two of them. Wow. Um, Athens and at, Athens and Atlanta, and nice. it's something that uh, Henry Owens is putting together. Okay. Good and and I'm, I can't even mention who else has been mentioned because I don't know who's locked in and who isn't. But no, it, no, I, sure. I know you need to tread carefully, and and, I, and I'm trying. To be yeah, it's going to be cool. Uh, we're, we're excited uh, to uh, very exciting 
yeah, we're, we're, we're excited that, that there's more stuff happening. You know, Henry Owens, it's, it's, yeah. whatever he, he's up to, he's generally up to something pretty cool. Friend of the show. <laughs> Henry, yeah. You should talk to Henry at some point you if know, you haven't already. I, I had him I had him on the old show twice years ago. And um, I hate, by the way, I hate these parts <laughs> of the show where I talk about, like, the show. <laughs> old shows. Fucking hate it. But that said, in the original envisioning of the show, of which this is very, very different than the original envisioning, but I wanted to bring him in for a regular, like, Lewis Black-style segment on The Daily Show. Like, that, <laughs> ki- that kind of role. Have him rant. Yeah, just have him, like, whatever you want to, you know, yell about or talk about or talk up. This is, like, your time to do that. I, and they ended up not happening for, like, a lot of reasons. But, uh, yeah. you know, I, I, I appreciate that I do a lot and, and what he does and... You know, oh yeah, he, he follows he follows his own compass, and what I like about having him on the show is I barely need to talk, and that's always nice too. Yeah, he's he's just been a big a friend of Tar since the olden times. Yep, like, you know, yeah. we'd, we'd sleep on his floor. He'd take us for barbecue. You know, we'd you know he'd be at all our shows when we played in you know Athens and Atlanta. He booked probably the last few of them. I mean, just pretty solid dude all around. And, you know, he, he just said out of the blue one day, you know, if you ever want to like do anything again, I do have, I can put records out. And as I think he read somewhere, we were like, you know, pontificating about, you know, we, we could never probably ever get together to record again, but we do have all this shit that's never been on albums. It's on right. singles and stuff. And wouldn't that be, and he's like, I'll do that. I'll do that. I'll do that. <laughs> and I'm thinking there's no money in that. No, but he's not doing I, it for I mean, money. I mean, he's a dude that does it right, for love. Exactly. And, you know, and I, I'm sure he, I'm sure that cost him a bit. Oh, of for money sure. To do that. For sure. And that, that never came back, you know? So that's, that's cool that he did that and that that's out there and that people wanted it, you know, enough people wanted it, they could get it. And that's like, very, that's very meaningful for us. So well, and it was fun to go back and listen to that stuff again. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, uh, Mike, it's been, it's been great talking to you. Thanks so much for, for doing the show where, uh, I know this, you are logistically, welcome. it was very difficult to pull this off and, um, you know, yeah. we're, we're going to well, have Jay on not, now, not I guess. Not for me, and, but. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> easy. easy for me. Uh, well, it, but it, I appreciate it. Thank you very much for asking. That, no, that was so nice. It's, it's, been super, it's been super cool having you on. And, um, yeah, uh, I'm excited that there's, you know, more stuff, even though it's not going to be, like, really that close to me. But it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen, like I, I, I said, hope we can get some practices in. I guess hey, I got I got two of the three the, the the two you declared were not the good shows. I I got the those are the ones I saw. So I got, I got to see you twice at least. Well, so you know what? So. I I won't say they weren't good because I I didn't hear them. Okay, I was playing drums <laughs> for them great, from the stage. The, the first actually, I felt some magic at the at the PRF thing just because holy shit, I'm playing music with these dudes again. Yeah, yeah. And I know, and I know, we were like flat out fucking up songs, and it didn't really didn't bother me very much. The, fe- the feel the was first, fantastic. It was, a, it was I a felt like last summer we were pretty well rehearsed, and our first show it was like we got through everything, and it did, it felt a little bit icky. The second, but then I felt like we nutted, and maybe the first half of the first night was icky, and the second night I felt like we we nutted it. So anyway, 
Well, I thought it was Ace. That's enough, that's enough out of me. I'll let you get back to your. Uh, I was gonna say, stop, stop, stop. Whatever else was dressing yourself down. This is a. <laughs> this is not, that's not, that's <laughs> not the way to end an appearance, my friend. <laughs> like I do. Uh, Mike, thank you so much, man. It's a, it's been, it's been great. All right, Josh you. and Conan, thank you so much. Cheers. Take care. All right. Goodbye. There, he, there he goes. Uh, so we're gonna, we're actually gonna play the song you talked about. We're, ta- we're gonna play Land Luck, and uh, then we'll be coming back with, uh, with Jay Moore. John and, Moore. Uh, John Moore. Well, yeah. The J period Moore. Not, not the comedian J, J A Y. These things are important. <laughs> Thanks, Josh. <laughs> Appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs>
All right, there's a uh, there's a little bit of that uh, G7 for you, some more tar, and of course uh, on the on the phone right now we have another member of tar. We have John Moore. John, how are you doing, man? I'm doing good, thanks. How hey. are you? Great. Thanks so much for for joining us. We were just uh, talking to your your bandmate Mike for a bit, and uh, he was uh, regaling us with uh, many many excellent tales of of. Of Tar, Tales of Tar. <laughs> I guess that could that could be a good box set title, I suppose. Yeah, he has he has all the stories and all the memories. <laughs> He's, he is he is the Tarkivist. Oh, <laughs> the tar-kivist. There, there it is. That's good. Now that's the, that's good. That's a title right there. <laughs> that's a solid title. Uh, so, one thing that we that we didn't talk to about him that uh, with him that I was really curious about is I I really enjoyed the fact that when you guys had what was your last record that you kind of, you know, it's called over and out. And first of all, I think that's an awesome yeah. album title, but that's a really awesome album title for a last record. So when the, the original final days of you guys being a band, it, it was something yeah. that you kind of had decided ahead of time that that was going to be a thing that happened. Right. Oh yeah. 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 And we, I don't know if Mike talked about this. We had a, uh, <laughs> a uh, pretty disastrous uh, tour in the fall of 93. <coughs> and if we had any more choices, I think we would have broken up uh, in the middle of that tour, but uh, we were stuck with each other. So um, <clears throat> we finished that and then uh, didn't talk to each other for a couple months in whatever, that was early 94. Uh, and then we met one day and said, well, do we want to do this? Do we care to? And we agreed that we enjoyed playing music with each other, but no way did we ever want to tour again. Um, so that sort of set the course. And then I um, knew I was moving in uh, the spring of 95. So we felt like, well, you know, a year and a half to make a record ought to be plenty of time. Um, so... We, you know, we played a few shows in the Midwest, but uh, mostly worked on um, writing those songs and um, knew that was going to be that. So how did how did you approach the writing of, you know, the last record versus any of the rest of them? I mean, because it, it kind of seemed like each one has its own feel anyway. So was that something that factored in or was that just like, oh, this is just what we're playing right now? Um. It got all garbly there. Oh, well, I mean, okay, I, you know, I, I, I okay. Um, I, I mean, factored in, yeah. I mean, you know, the the earlier records, um, we were sort of, you know, coming out right, and we were coming out swinging and growing, and um, you know, going through those phases, and then you know, Toast was like a record that a touring band wrote, um, and then over and out. Like, I think lyrically there was certainly like a, um, it isn't really coming to terms or, you know, sort of getting, getting comfortable with or being all right with the, the whole thing, um, you know, coming to a conclusion. Uh, I think there's a literal line. I think it's over. I think it's all right. So, you know, that's, that's pretty literal. Yeah. It's um, pretty on the nose. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, so I think we were, we were all good with that. And, and it, it provided a nice, 
uh, like goal or, you know, place to get to, which was like, let's write the best record we can and record it or make it as well as we can. And, and then that's it. So, you know, there was, I mean, there was almost, I don't know about the others, but to me, like a relief of sorts where it was like, yep. And now that's that. Um, I mean, did, did you find that you, you, when, when you know, composing the songs was like there because that finality wasn't like in the process? Was that something where it like any decisions were affected by that as far as like, hey, let's just, you know, let's try this while we still can or we're like, let's stick to stick to what we know and kind of give people yeah. not necessarily what they want, but give people like, you know, a tar record right. like as they <laughs> might expect, because obviously tar is not the kind of. You know, Tar's not Bon Jovi. I don't know if that's something you didn't you knew or not, but Tar is definitely not Bon Jovi. So, well, yeah, don't don't take that out of context. Um, you know, I mean, like, uh, I mean, I, I think there's definitely an evolution if you listen to the record. Like, you know, certainly compared to the first couple, and then, like I said, Toast is like. Toast is a bunch of songs that you can really play live um, right. to me. And and so over and out, I mean, we didn't, that wasn't important. Like, we weren't, you know. Thinking about playing them live because it's, it's necessarily. Right. Okay. I mean, we were like, let's just let's just write songs that entertain us as written songs. Um, you know, and, and some of them then were a real bear to record because they were, like, hard to play. Um you know, versus like we played this song 60 times live and now we're just going to record it. So, you know, these are songs that were just coming together. Um, You know, so I think that kind of freed us up, right? I mean, there's, it's a much more dynamic record, right? We got comfortable finally with the, you know, the loud stuff's louder if the quiet stuff is really, really quiet. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, um, and then (laughs) just think about it. I'm not sure how it happened. The genius of getting Al Johnson on uh, known anomalies, but <laughs> I forgot like, about that. Yeah, <laughs> that's you know, I don't I don't know where you go from there, but uh, you know, clearly that's that's when it's time to wrap it up. <laughs> um, yeah, and that was that was sort of a first take thing, and we were all just like busting a gut when he recorded that. And it was like, man, did this work out better than we ever thought? Right, right. Um, no, I mean, I would yeah. personally say that I, I, you know, it's hard to pick a favorite because they're very different. But I, for a while there, I, w- I was saying that was your best record, and I, I always was impressed by the fact that it was the last one. And you know, that's that's not always the case with a lot of bands. A lot, of, you know, some bands will like peak early or like whatever have a classic period, but. I, it was impressive to me just in the way you think of when you think of how a band works and how a band chooses to conduct themselves that you would take the time to, to do that. And that was actually something that I don't know if anyone else thinks about it, but I sure as heck do. So I, I appreciated that a lot. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we enjoyed playing music together, so we knew we had, you know, X amount of time. So we wanted to make the most of it. Um, yeah, it, and it's interesting to me now, what is that, 95, so math, what is that, 2015, no, uh, how many years later is that? Uh, 23? 23, yeah, so 20 years later. Yeah, I mean, you can imagine, like, uh, if that was sort of like, not that it matters, but like, I think about it like if that was act one of the band, you know? 
Right. Um, like what would what would the next four records have been like? Um, you know, and and it's like, I mean, I, as a as a fan, if you will, I'm like, oh, this is starting to get really interesting. Right. You know, like more <laughs> like post punk arty kind of stuff. Taking some kind of new risks and uh, going down some different paths and trying some stuff that maybe you hadn't thought to try before because maybe you were thinking about like, oh, we got to play this live. We can't, don't want to make it too ornate or too crazy or whatever. Yeah, I mean, also, I think there was a little bit of, you know, because it was our last record, like, we weren't thinking, well, how is this going to compare to, you know, Lady Steps or something? Right. I don't know, you know, where it's like, it doesn't matter how it compares to whatever. We can just, you know, let's just write stuff that's of interest to us. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> probably not recommended for a band that plans to be a going concern, but it, you know, it does sort of free things up a bit. No, I mean, it's, it's, it just depends on what you're looking for out of it, I suppose. And so, so how did that factor in? And we asked Mike this question as well. Uh, when you were getting back together for the shows, like the All Tomorrow's Impeachment shows and for like the PRF Barbecue show, like, you know, lot, large catalog. And, and, you know, there's a couple eras as well. You know, again, yeah. Tar wasn't necessarily a band that's known for just playing the hits, but uh, you know, what was the the thought process behind which songs to pick, which ones to play? Well, I think the <laughs> I think the bar was a bit lower. Um, you know, I mean, a lot of the songs have you know complexity, whether it's time signatures or weird structures, and and you know, and certainly in the over and out stuff. Um, uh, Sort of some odd or difficult courtings, so um, I, I think the first <laughs> the first measure was okay. What what can we in what can we play that you know sounds legitimate, right? That isn't just a hack band, <laughs> um, like trying to do car covers. Um, so you know, so some of that's like function, um, and then. Uh, I mean, I think the uh, the PRF stuff in 2012 was, I think it was actually a bit more ambitious than um, last year, just because we, I mean, we, I think we tried to pull out stuff that was like either of interest or um, uh, maybe hallmarks of when we played live, um, like Building Taj Mahal um, was a song that, yeah, you know, that's on over and out, right? And we never really played it because we didn't, you know, have it written until we recorded it. And I, I always really, really liked that. It's just that it had so many guitar parts in it when we recorded it. Um, and when we were rehearsing for that, Tony Jones, um, who was our, uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know, fifth fifth member or right. base surrogate or <laughs> secret weapon, um, secret weapon yeah. you know yeah. secret weapon yeah um we were like i mean he was wonderful and incredibly generous to help help us get back into shape um you know we're like wow we got three guitars here i think we could do this so you know there was that um and then uh last year uh i, I think there was a bit of like Again, like, what can we do? Because it now had been five years. And then, and also, was there anything that maybe thematically was appropriate? Um, but also, were there songs that, 
we didn't play five years ago that we wanted to um, play. So I think teetering, for example, we played last year one of the nights, um, and that was uh, an internal request. So, <laughs> you know. But, you know, it's, it's interesting because it's like, let's, like, what can we do that, you know, is, is going to do the songs justice? And, you know, for God's sake, let's not be a tar cover band. Right, so. right, right. Yeah, that'd be a bit of a niche interest, I think. But, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, yeah. but it's interesting that, uh, you know, for me, I know all the records, but until that PRF said, I'd never seen you play. And part of that's because I kind of came to the band a little late, but also because, you know, I was a West Coast guy and you know, you weren't, you were not playing West yeah. Coast as much as you were in Chicago. <laughs> Limited availability. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so it was one of those things that kind of even just seeing the songs envisioned at all live was sort of like, Oh wow, what an interesting experience. Like this is like, I know these songs pretty well, but I've never seen them like played by humans. <laughs> <laughs> before <laughs> and i know a lot of other people had that same shared experience and, and so that's kind, yeah. of kind of interesting just you know having such a large gap like uh you know is, is it sort of like you, you see younger people that have latched onto the records and like like the band but you know maybe like they were you know babies when you guys were an actual band or something like that's got to be yeah. an interesting thing right <laughs> It, it, yeah, I mean, it's it's unusual. Um, the 95, right? So when we stopped, I was 30, um, you know, and I felt pretty confident or comfortable that, like, rock and roll is a, is a young man's endeavor. Um, and, you know, we right, had great experience with Amrap and Touch and Go and putting out records and touring and, you know, pretty cool stuff, you know. So it was like, you know, short of going to Japan or Australia, I'm not sure what else we could actually do. So, um, you know, felt fine to, to call it a day. Um, so, you know, it's unusual then. I mean, it, <laughs> I remember we were setting up and there was someone was projecting a Twitter feed on the wall. Oh, the right? Twitter I mean, wall. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I mean, when Tar was touring, it was pre-internet, right? And it was pre... I mean, <laughs> if, if Google Maps had existed when we toured, we may have still been together because some <laughs> of the worst frustrating experiences were were getting lost trying to find uh, clubs or yeah. or hotels. I mean, it was just horrible. Just trying to find where you um, were going to be. Yeah, I... I, I... Yeah, came in at the tail end of that, but definitely like you had to have like a good atlas and uh, make sure that there was someone that yeah. was paying attention. <laughs> yeah, you know, and you'd go off the grid. So you know, I mean, that's an experience that just doesn't happen anymore. Um, you know, so <laughs> so I remember setting up in the Twitter walls. Someone's like, "These guys are old," and I'm like, "Oof, that's that's nice." Um, <laughs> oh, come on! You know, you're old. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, wait for it. It'll happen. Um, yeah, he's, he's you know, so, they'll get theirs. Yeah, I, got, I got clubbered in, yeah. in a mosh pit by Jim Camp that night, so I think we were we were all kind of on the same page. Uh, did your walkers hit each other or <laughs> Yeah. Well, and, and um, yeah, now, you know, people share their memories of whatever on Facebook or, or whatever, and, you know, it's like when I was 17 in high school, I blah, 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 and, you know, and other people, 
you know, I mean, if you're 15 years younger than me or 10, you're like, well, I was six. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I think so there's an appreciation of, although, the, you know, the music is so uh, generally unavailable and out of print, um, you know, it's surprising that anyone is aware or familiar to some extent, uh, you know, unless you sort of caught the tail end or, or something. But um, it was interesting that, that people... Uh, you know, beyond three dozen or whatever had any interest or awareness to me. And, you know, so it's sort of like um, was a, I don't know if it was a reminder or, or for me it was like, wow, this, you know, turns out that, that playing music and music we've recorded has a longer uh, lifespan. Yeah, well, it, and it's still around for people to discover. And, and the thing is there's new people that, kind of have their own path of discovery towards finding things every year and it doesn't yeah. go away. It stays static and, you know, unchanging and it's still available for them no matter how you feel about it or how anybody they made the music feels about it. Yeah. And I don't, I think that's kind of neat in its way and, and something that I'll go and say it's probably one of the better parts of the internet is that, you know, you can, you can find anything instantly. Like the fact that, I I didn't see one of your records in physical form until like I'd moved to the Bay Area out of the, out of out of the town that I grew up in because they just, uh-huh. there wasn't any you know punk rock or yeah. punk records around there was no way to find any of that stuff and yeah yeah I mean, I mean to me it's it, like that stuff was available but it was all sort of <laughs> sort of tempor- temporary um, yeah. uh, you know like I mean like let's say you're at someone's house or a party or something you know and. I'm thinking about myself in college and you hear raw power and you're like, wow, what was that? You know, and then you don't look it up on the internet. You don't hear it again for five years. Right. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, you don't like walk home and just pull it up on your phone, you know, but it's, it's, it's at the same time. It's, it's funny. I mean, I remember there's a few records. I remember just looking at, looking at, looking at in Chicago. Like <laughs> I always used to see the, big black bulldozer in the metal box and I was like what is this crap <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah you know and it's just like oh my gosh and you know the strike under record or you know a few different records and it's just like wow no one ever buys this stuff and you know and now it's like oh my god you know I should have been <laughs> stocking up yeah you, you, so, could, you could have flipped, yeah. flipped them and bought a house at this point <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I mean to, to some extent I mean that some extent was um, part of the desire to do the um, the um, kitchen sink double album thing. Um, what, what was it called? Eighty eighty eight to ninety five or whatever. Oh, yeah. We always yeah. called it. The, the, yeah, we Something. just called it the kitchen sink because, <laughs> like you know, it's like I, I think some of our best stuff was like one-offs right it was like oh this is for the sub pop thingy this is for dope guns or this is for uh you know a tour weird singles you know, and stuff quad, yeah. quad seven inch and you know and then it's like man that was such a good song <laughs> <laughs> you know it, it wasn't on anything else in a, in a way you know it wasn't like you need to write a good album it was just like you need to write a good two-minute song um you know and, and so you end up with something a bit different um but that stuff was, you know, sort of scattered, scattered here and there. So it was nice to, at least for the 300 people or whatever, um, pull it together. Um, so. Yeah, and and you know, it's something where there's a unique 
audience to it where it's not necessarily for everybody, but it means a big deal for the people it's there for. And I always think that that's, that tends to be the, the stuff that I most gravitate towards. It's certainly the stuff we cover the most in this show <laughs> by a pretty large margin. Yeah. yeah. But the 7-inch stuff? Or? Oh, no, just in general, like, it. well, sometimes. But, no. you know, just, <laughs> just the the idea that, you know, that certain things that would would mean nothing to, like, the, the masses necessarily, but mean the world oh, people yeah. would mean something to. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's important, and that, that's certainly something that, you know, I think it's more, I think it's actually more freedom for that now than ever, but also you got to, weirdly we're getting back into the discovery part of it where it's harder necessarily to find that niche if you don't have somebody kind of show you the way, which is funny because for a while there it kind of seemed like you could just find it on your own and then it's like, okay, well now it's a fire hose of information, so right. good luck, sort that out. Uh, anyway, yeah, I mean a, that's an observation, not a question. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll I'll just pile on and say, you know, it like what you're doing or um, you know, different online resources are, are interesting, but you know, it's so different from how I learned about or discovered music. You know, it's just like you know, I, I end up going down, uh, you know. Uh, wormholes or ear holes or whatever uh, on the internet, but like I, I end up with stuff I'm interested in that I probably already know. And like if you were in the process of learning, like you know, I don't know where you'd end up on that, which is which is quite interesting. Mm. Yeah, and that's can be kind of part of the adventure too. You know, depending yeah, on what you look at. Yeah. So, what was the the decision for not including? lyrics with the with the songs because i always felt we were talking earlier with mike and i was talking about how i felt that it kind of brought a minimalist aesthetic to not just the artwork uh but the presentation to, that it was like seemed like a, a decided choice was that something that you thought about ahead of time as far as inclusion or no yeah, yeah um boy we're, we're going back here um well, what did he say? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> this, is, this is like the, um, what was that game show where the, the spouse and they ask oh, each other the really same like question? <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. I don't think I specifically asked that question. Did I? I don't remember. No. I don't remember what happened. Similar topic. Similar topic, but I don't think I specifically asked that question. So I'm asking it to you because you were the dude doing most of the singing. So. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, the... Uh, the aesthetic was, um, you know, it was it was sort of a, a noise. I mean, <laughs> sort of a noisy. Um, you know, this uh, this is cheesy. I mean, you know, it was, right. We intended to have a really thick sound that was hard to pick apart, right? And uh, even though we spent a lot of time trying to record things as well as we could, which was important. Um, it felt like, you know, the vocals were another instrument. And then, you know, so they deserve to be, <laughs> you know, fighting fighting for um, space along with everything else. Um, uh, you know, I think there were a lot of really noisy bands that buried the vocals. I, I like that a lot, um, you know, because then you turn it up and what you end up doing is hearing the guitars really loud. Um, <laughs> right, that's a cheap trick that way. <laughs> which it seemed, seemed like a good thing to do. Um, I mean, the other thing is, 
uh, you know, a lot, almost all of the vocals are, you know, pretty abstract or interpretive and, you know, not literal in any sense. And so, like, you know, make of them what you will. Uh, so, you know, pick the words you want or whatever you want to hear and, you know, that kind of adds to the, to the experience to me. Um, you know, which is always interesting when, you know, there's like a chorus or something like in short trades, you know, it's pretty pretty clear. I'm saying, you know, do the same thing all the time. Uh, and you know, and I'm like, you know, pretty audibly loudly, like spitting out the words as well as I can, uh, enunciate them, you know, but there's other times where, you know, I intentionally just sort of smush them because it doesn't really matter what the word is. It's up to you to figure out what it is. Sure. So that yeah. was the approach. Yeah, that makes sense. So, so what would you say that, um, so, so, and we talked a little bit about, you know, the sort of the AMRAP and the touch and go era, but what would you say, mm-hmm. you know, Tom's arrival uh, on the scene in the band, like well, how, what was the effect on the band as you see it when he came into the picture? Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, it, I, I said this to him and said this to others. Like, I think it was like flat out the best thing that happened to the band. Um, it, um, it, I mean, it's certainly a different style. Um, and like right when he joined, we wrote, uh, we wrote Compaction. Um, and we wrote Solution 8, and then we recorded those two plus uh, Non-Alignment Pact, mm. like within, and within like the first month of him being in the band. Um, and, you know, it's sort of like, I can't say a whole lot more than that. I mean, because those, to me, are still sort of some of the, the best songs we did. Um I think the other thing, and <laughs> in a way it's a little cheesy, but sonically I think it is true and correct, is um, when we got those guitars, um, you know, the aluminum guitars, it it really sort of um, uh, solidified or, like, defined our sound. Right. Um, you know, and, and Tom when he started had a, a Fender bass, but then when he got that Schneller bass and then the Ampeg and the orange with eight tens, um, like it all came together. So, well, and, and for me, you know, like that the cover, <laughs> the, the album cover with like the, like the guitar, you know, like that's such an iconic tar thing. And it's so funny to like now have seen this whole, and I say this as a electrical guitar company owner, but like kind of cult of like metal guitars be a thing that 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 has come forward. Uh, yeah. Know, what what are your thoughts on that? Is that something that you ever expected to become like more popular than than it was at the time? Because it's, I I thought that was pretty fantastic for the longest time. I couldn't see like anyone with a picture with those. Be like, oh yeah, tar. That's a guitar thing. Yeah. Um, did I expect like the high end um, niche guitar market to happen? Is that what you're saying? But specifically with like metal guitars and like and like uh, even though yeah. yeah, it was like okay, it's a the pickguard and like the you know, 
<laughs> you know, it's not necessarily yeah. in the same way, but like right. it, from from the outside perspective of like, oh, that looks like that could be in Mad Max or something. Like that attitude of, of um, like, oh yeah, it looks like the Silver Surfer now or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and with the screws, it you know looks a bit more rudimentary, right? I mean the the electrical guitars are beautiful. Um, I, mean, I, I don't know that I've ever held one, but man, I mean as as objects, they're they're gorgeous. Um, but you know, it, it's interesting. Maybe this is. I don't know, society or aging or something that, you know, uh, musicians in their middle age or whatever, uh, you know, will drop two to three or whatever thousand dollars on a guitar like that. And, you know, it's probably better than buying a Ford Explorer or whatever fancy car is, um, at least to me. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's, it, it just seems... I don't know. It, it's an odd aesthetic to me. I mean, I don't. I was just watching a Melvin's video, a tiny, <laughs> last night, and uh, I you know it was on Facebook. And was it? wasn't mine, was it? Because <laughs> I was hanging out with those dudes the past couple of days. <laughs> oh, you were you were at the show? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah this is from Monday night, right, right, right. And you know, and his guitar looked awesome. And then, um, uh, who's bass guy? Um, not Jeff, but the interim dude. Um, uh, so, so this in, in this lineup, there's a uh, uh, um, Pincus and uh, Stephen McDonald from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, it is Jeff. Jeff Pincus. Yeah, and you know, and Pincus has that that crazy flying V. I mean, that's pretty cool, you know. <laughs> um, and, and and you know, and it looks pretty cool. I mean, I don't know that that's my aesthetic. Um, you know, and at that same show, right, is is John Spencer, and you know, and he's, I have to assume, and I wasn't there, you tell me, you know, playing the same, like, crappy $60 guitars that, yeah. you know, sound amazing, and, and don't, and don't stay in tune for more than, like, you know, a minute, um, and, uh, you know, so, like, <laughs> I mean, my, you know, my guitar is kind of modeled after a silver tone, right? And the, right. Lips, the lipstick pickup. And, um, what I plunk around the house mostly is a is an old silver tone. Um, so, you know, I don't know what I paid for it—a hundred dollars or something—a long time ago. But um, it, it's it's interesting. Um, the electrical stuff. I mean, I, I wrote. Um, uh, and I'm blanking his name, the the guy Kevin, from Kevin um, Electrical Guitars. Yeah, yeah, and he because he well, was at the um, long time ago, but yeah, last year. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, hey, I have this idea for a guitar, and I started describing basically the guitar I have. <laughs> it's like, why would I, you know, why would I have him make one? It'd be cool, but is that? Worth three thousand dollars, <laughs> um, John. I'll tell you what I did. It's the know, best decision was, I ever made. Yeah. Frankly, like yeah. it's, it, but you know, your mileage may vary. <laughs> but, yeah, well, it, it's funny. I, I mean, I, you know, we, Mike and I, practiced or half practiced or whatever um, Saturday, and uh, I think that's right. Yeah, and um, at the end of that, I was like, nope, no neck dive here. Right. <laughs> 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 I mean, I get. I read about that in the forums. I'm like, neck, why do you have neck? I said, oh, right, 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 because you've got these heavy necks and these hollow bodies. Um, 
Uh, yeah, so I, I don't know. I mean, you maybe I touch one and fall in love. But it, that, yeah. that's, that's, I'm not here to suck guitars, so like it's that, that's fine. Yeah. Like, I just think it's interesting touch, specifically touch, for you. Touch, touchy subject. See, so here's I mean, yeah, so it drifts to, to that. So uh, and earlier, uh, Mike let slip that you guys are going to be doing some stuff in, in in late November. He didn't say exactly what, but there was going to be some things that were Henry Owens involved, of which. Um, you know, friend of the show, uh, big big fan of everything Henry does and his his general his general ethos. It's kind of seems like his he's he's been like a presence that's especially in, in the the time that you guys have either not been a band or been in like let's just go and charitably say a very low power uh, band like kind of energy saver mode. Uh, he's been a powerful advocate for for all things tar and kind of keeping keeping the flame going. Uh, how did he first come into your world, Henry? Oh man! Um, yeah, did Mike tell you about this? <laughs> he briefly touched on it. Um, not, not really. No. Yeah, yeah. No, we were playing the Kyber Pass in um, Philadelphia, which was a great little club. Um, K H Y uh, Kyber, right? Like the Kyber Pass. Yep. And I mean, Henry. You know, it, like <laughs> I think of him. Um, like you know, maybe in the same mental space as like Tim Heinley, who's a uh, busybody on Facebook, um, at least in my <laughs> feed. Just as a someone, <laughs> that's a great description. Someone, by the way. I love that. <laughs> uh, I, 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 mean, I mean it warmly and and, and fondly. So, um, I, you know, everyday Heinley's like, hey, here's a question that eighty people will answer. Um, but I mean, Henry was like super super fan you know and he was fun and he was enjoyable and he was fun to like pick on and tease and but he was super nice and just very very um i don't know earnest or earnest authentic whatever and you know so like in those days right there's no no internet so you know you go to back to a town and you're like oh i wonder if henry's gonna show up oh you know and uh Henry Henry always showed up, and he's that kind of guy. Uh, yeah, and uh, and then he moved to Atlanta, uh, somewhere in the latter stages of Tar, and he hosted a amazing rock weekend uh, with us and Manor Astroman, which was um, just a blast. Um, you know, so it, and he's always just very supportive, and and he's a great like get things done guy. So like the um, the double album thing. I mean, he was like, all we got to do is call up Corey. Okay, well, let's call up Corey. Well, then we just need to call up Tom. Okay, let's call up Tom. <laughs> and it's like, well, then we just need to get it mixed. You know, talk to Bob or Steve, and you know, and blah blah blah. So he's he's been great about that. Yeah, I mean, like, wouldn't it? You know. Uh, but the Manor Astroman weekend was just amazing. Like, you know, love to do that again. So who knows? That could happen again, I suppose. Never say never, right? I never thought I'd get to see you guys play. I've <laughs> yeah. seen you play uh, two out of three opportunities. Yeah. So pretty good. Manor yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're like, eh, I've seen it. <laughs> and I'm good now. I'm all good. No, I can only go the one day yeah. of the Ultimate Rising Beachman. So, but Josh won the other day. Yeah. So, 
That's true. Whichever day you thought they don't look happy and they spend a lot. They don't. Yeah, don't look happy and spend a lot of time tuning. There you go. (laughs) I think I think we had fun this time. Yeah, I mean mid mid tour we were. I mean. (laughs) <laughs> uh, a, a pretty intense lot sometimes so <laughs> you know I mean sometimes uh, much more jovial or irreverent but there were times where it was like oof this is a little little, little heavy wow. uh, emotionally not sonically yeah. <laughs> right yeah there's, there's there's one kind of heavy you want yeah. one kind of heavy you definitely don't well I, yeah. I, I'd love to have you on again sometime to uh, to talk about it, John. Thanks so much for uh, coming on the show. I know we had, we had some logistical difficulties getting you, but I'm super glad you guys did it. Uh, you know, it, it means a lot to us. Yeah. It means a lot to the audience. Uh, I like that. There's, there's. I can say in the year 2018 that there is tar stuff in the future, and uh, yeah, that's 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 a nice thing. I think. Uh, stranger things have happened. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Take care. Yeah. All right. All right. Thanks very much. All right. See you guys. Bye bye. Thanks. Bye. All right. There he goes. Wow, we pulled it off. That was, uh, <laughs> was a lot of a lot of logistics there. There were but, some logistics, uh, but that's that's uh, behind the curtain, behind the scenes. Exactly. Nobody nobody needs to know. And that's why we have to tell them. Exactly. It's like, the, it's like the 100th episode. Nobody needs to know how much I was freaking out trying to make nope. that stuff happen. Oh, we told them? Oh, I guess oh, they do. All, all right. right. Uh, yeah, so that was John. Uh, that was Mike. They were in a band called Tar. You can look that up on your internets if you feel, if you feel so inclined. I recommend it. Great band. I'm not even just going to say if you're so inclined. I'd say go ahead and do it. Get it done. <laughs> I'm going to throw that out there. Fire go, up your go, machines. Go ahead and fire up those internet machines and go get it. Come on. Put this thing on. All right. Ugh. Bam. The uh, name of the show is Cutting Trans Protonic Rehearsal. Happens Thursdays. 8 p.m. Eastern. 7 p.m. Central. 6 p.m. 5 p.m. Pacific. RadioNeutron.com for the archives. Radionote.com. Live listeners, we got music on with music off. You know what? We come to the close of our broadcast today. You got it? Do you, do you, I, I know what the, the theme of this week is. Okay, you tell me. Friend Rock City, baby. Oh, oh hey. I <laughs> wonder how I remember that one. Right? I wonder how. <laughs> Gosh, it's a real stumper. <laughs> it's a real puzzler. Signing off. <laughs> yeah, the theme this week is Call of Neutron. Hey, I don't know. Maybe I'll tune in for that one. We'll see. <laughs> Anyone within uh, the sound of my voice. Anyway, that's coming up live. Uh, got some cool stuff coming up. I've got. Stay tuned. Uh, I don't remember what the next one was. Otherwise, I See, I can remember the. <laughs> I can't remember the show coming after us, themed after a song I wrote, but I can't remember what's on our show next week. But it's okay. No, that makes sense to me. It's all gonna be. It's all gonna be good. And also, people schedules around and stuff. Uh, go to Google. Google Tar Band. It's Tar the Band on Facebook. That's the hard way. Enjoy Google. Sound into electricity. You know. Anything to add there, Josh? Just marvel in the technology of modern times. Out on Route 128, <laughs> dark and lonely. Uh, got my radio on. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now?
to my top ten. I'd like to thank our sponsor. But we haven't got a sponsor. Not if you were the last man on earth. She was prepared to prove it. This one goes out to a special girl. There is no special girl! It's the, it's the end of radio. The last announcer plays the last record. The last what? Leaves the transmitter. Circles the globe in search of a listener. Can you hear me now?
and it's constantly like, read the quality of this call. Like, no, I don't want to do that. Read the quality of my nuts. <laughs> read the quality of these nuts. Mm. <laughs> Please don't read the quality of these mm. nuts, actually. <laughs> I'm not. I'm How not, would you know Skype? I'm not looking for that site. Although, if somebody said that there was such a site or app or <laughs> or a quote-unquote service, I would not be surprised in any way, shape, or form. RateThesenuts.net? RateThesenuts.net. It's got to be .net. Weirdly.com was taken. <laughs> That's just a claim jumper. He's just sitting on there. He's holding it for ransom. Yeah. That bastard.